Hi everyone, it's Melissa Pemberton here, host of Mending Families, where we will talk all things parenting, trauma, and healing. Hey everyone, really quick, I wanted to let you know before we jump into today's episode about a service that I have been working hard to put together to provide you with more opportunities to learn and grow and also to build community with other caregivers and, um, or teachers or coaches or, you know, other individuals who are helping take care of the kids in our lives that sometimes can be super hard. And so I'm excited for this. It's not quite ready to go. So there's not much you can do right now, except for those who are on my email newsletter list will be the first to know about it and will have the first opportunity to join. And so if you want to be a part of that first group that gets to know about this new service that I also will be offering for a significant discount for the first launch, you need to join my newsletter. I'm going to have a limited number of spots. And so if you're on my newsletter and you get those emails, great, you will, you're good to go. If you are not, and you're interested and want to be able to, um, be one of the first to know about this new service, hop onto my website, www.mendingfamilieswa.com. And you'll see the subscribe button. You can subscribe to my biweekly newsletter that, um, And then when I do launch this or get ready to launch it, you will be the first to know. So do that today, then come back and listen to this episode. All right, you guys, I'm excited. Here we go. My Mondays with Melissa. Hey, everyone. It is another Mondays with Melissa. Today, I'm going to be talking about the education system and just giving a couple of my own thoughts um, from experience that I've had over the years with our four kids. I'm excited for school to start again, but I also know that that can be hard and it is hard and transitions are hard. And so these are just a few things that I have thought of that could be helpful, whether you're an educator or a caregiver. So I'm going to speak to educators first. So if you are an educator, you work with kids and you are teaching them day in and day out, I want you to think about these three things. The first is felt safety. We have to remember that there's a difference between a child feeling safe and us knowing that they are safe. So every child comes to the first day of school not knowing who this teacher is. Well, I guess sometimes kids know the teacher, but not knowing who this teacher is. Are they a safe person? Are they going to yell? Are they going to be mad if I draw my D backwards? Are they, how are they? What are they going to be like? What is the classroom going to feel like? Is it going to be too cold? Is it going to be too hot? Are the, is there going to be a loud beeping noise when the air conditioner turns on? There's all these things that go into our kids' bodies that they sometimes are aware of, but sometimes are not aware of that allows their body to say, you're safe. You feel safe. You're safe. Right? So I can tell the child you're safe. That noise is just the air conditioner. Oh, don't worry. This teacher is not going to yell. Right. I can tell them that, but until they can experience it for themselves and know that they are safe, it's it, they have to feel it. They have to feel it inside of them. So this is more just a reminder to you that our kids have to feel safe and not just we just we can't just tell them that they're safe. So think through those things as you're setting up your classroom or as you are approaching the first day of school. Just know that it's going to take a few weeks for kids to get to know you and vice versa for you to get to know them. And they have to really know you and 
experience that felt safety with you before they can let their guard down. The second thing I want you to remember is there are physical needs that every human has. And so we're talking snacks, our blood sugars, if they drop, our brain has a hard time focusing on learning new information, absorbing new information, making safe choices, doing um, what we are asked to do. If we are dehydrated, if we have not drank enough water and we are dehydrated again, our brain starts to say, whoa, 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 I need to preserve because I need water to be able to think straight and feel good and process this information coming in. Also movement. If our body is sitting for too long, we start to not feel good in our bodies. And so movement is key as well. So keep those things in mind, snacks, water, and movement every two hours. We should be doing those, right? And water, honestly, they should be able to have a water bottle at their desk and drink it throughout the day as they need it. That again, that also plays into felt safety. If they know that they don't have to ask permission to get a drink of water, if they know that snack time is going to be is coming at the same time every day, their body is going to feel start to feel safe and know that, oh, I'm not going to be hungry for four hours because I get a snack in an hour, right? Some of our schools go way too long with food. Lunch is four hours into the day or lunch is two hours into the day and then they have to go the rest of the day without any snacks. We have to adjust and allow our kids to feel that their their bodies are going to be taken care of. So food, water, movement. Let's think through those things. And movement really specifically like some really sensory rich movement. So climbing, pulling, jumping, um, pushing all of that. So whether it's an obstacle course that you make, or we do, there's some really great websites and YouTube videos. You can watch the go noodle websites are always fun. Some of those that just get your body wiggling and moving and, and, um, moving in a different way. Okay. The last thing that I want you to think about as an educator is the difference between discipline and, is this a skill that still needs to be taught or a skill that hasn't been mastered? So I think too quickly, we jump to discipline too quickly. We jump to, Oh, move your clip up to yellow or move your clip up to red, or you have a note home now, or now you don't get recess or now you're an in-school suspension, whatever it may be. We too quickly, we jump to discipline when sometimes we just have to view it from a different lens and say, okay, they're having a hard time in line in the hallway, or they're having a hard time at lunch, or they're having a hard time, um, with friendships out on the recess, out on recess when there's very few adults out there. So maybe these are skills that they need to learn that they haven't learned yet, or that they haven't practiced enough. And so instead of jumping right to discipline, can we maybe look at, these are skills we need to teach and practice practice in playful ways. If lining up is hard, let's practice in a way that's playful out on the playground when there's all the classes, there's no other classes. It's just your class on the playground and we're going to practice and be playful. And we do it right the first time and then we do it wrong. And then we cheer that we did it wrong because it's so silly that we did it wrong. And, or, or maybe we come up with a ritual. Like, um, I will, I will tag this in the show notes, but Mr. White 
is pretty famous on YouTube for having rituals into his classroom every morning where every student has a special handshake with him. And that they look, then the kids look forward to doing that special handshake. They're connecting with their teacher. They're staying lined up nicely because they're waiting their turn. They're looking forward to that connection with their teacher. So thinking through how can we help our kids learn this skill as opposed to we need to discipline. Okay, so now caregivers, I'm gonna talk to you for a minute. If you have a child in the school system and you're, so whether you're a parent, foster parent, grandparent, relative, sister, friend, whatever, um, if you have kids that live in your home that are in the school system, these are some things for you to think about. The first is you are your child's best advocate. So if you are seeing that there is something happening that is preventing your child from feeling safe in the school system or is actually dysregulating your child, speak up and say something. Um, Jessica Sinarski in episode, I think it was 25, gave some really good examples of how you can approach a teacher if you're seeing things that they um that are not helpful to your child, how to approach them and have a conversation with the teacher. So go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. Um, but it's okay for us to speak up and say something. The other thing that is, this is the second thing, but kind of goes along with you are your child's best advocate is um, sometimes our kids will have a teacher one year that is just amazing is so accommodating. And you don't even have to ask for snacks or water or alternative seating or uh, the ability for them to have some wiggle time or the ability for them to sit in a quiet space if they're overwhelmed because the teacher just does that naturally. There's some teachers that just that's how they run their classroom. And it's amazing. But there's also some teachers that don't. And so here's where if we have a teacher that is doing these things and we're seeing that it's so good for our kid and our kid is having the best year ever, let's put that into a 504 plan. Let's say these things that this teacher is doing for our child is allowing them to feel safe and learn and experience education in a different way that last year, maybe they didn't. Let's put that in a 504 plan because if we just say, oh no, the teacher is doing it all. They're accommodating. I don't need a 504 plan because they're already doing it. Then we might get to next year and have another teacher who doesn't do it. And then we're faced with having to either start a 504 plan or having to really push with the teacher to say, hey, they really do need this stuff to feel safe. If we have our child already on a 504 or an IEP and the teacher is already doing that stuff, great. That's amazing. But it doesn't mean that they shouldn't have those because the teacher is doing those things. Does that make sense? Like we want to make sure that Every year they're getting their needs met, that every year they're having accommodations for whatever their needs may be. And so it's okay to get a 504 or an IEP plan in place, um, even if the teacher is already doing the things that help them feel safe and are successful. Okay, the third thing that I want to talk about just briefly is um, discipline at school should not come home. So if your child does get disciplined at school, they get in school suspension for being in a fight or they get caught cheating. So they have to get an F on their paper. Um, when the child gets home, most, most of the time, the schools will communicate that to you. You'll know that that happened. And so when you get that note or that phone call saying this happened with your child today, when they get home, don't correct again. We know that correction has to happen within three. It needs to be immediate within three seconds of a behavior. So the school is taking care of that, whether we agree with how they take care of it or not. 
Um, that's a whole other episode, <laughs> but they're taking care of that. They're providing correction. And so when the child gets home, they don't need to be corrected a second time. What they do need for you to help them learn how to do different, how to change their approach, how to practice what to do when Susie calls them a name. Instead of fighting Susie, we can try something else. Maybe we role play with them. Maybe we get puppets and we act out what we could do when Susie calls us names or when um, we are tempted to cheat because we forgot to study. What are some things we can do? And it's our job then not to correct a second time at home, but to let the correction happen at school immediately, however they're choosing to do that. And then at home, we walk them through, let's learn from this. Let me help you. Maybe we just acknowledge today was a hard day. That was really hard. And that's the extent of it today. And then tomorrow, we talk more about what we could do differently. Um, we have to remember that when our brain, when our kids' brains are in this heightened sense of protection and survival mode, they're not going to absorb as much of the learning and correction and uh, redirection that we would want them to. And so we want to approach that when they're in a calm space, when the moment is past and they're feeling good and they're feeling safe, then we can talk about what can we do differently next time? We want to empathize. That was hard. Whether it was okay or not that they got in a fight, it still was hard and they still had big feelings and it still probably felt really bad. So let's empathize and help them learn. Okay. All right. Those are my, those are my thoughts on education and the school system and how either we're, whether we're an educator or a caregiver, we can maybe try and do things a little bit differently this year to help our kids feel safe and be successful in the school setting. So if you have questions, as always, email me, melissa at mendingfamilieswa.com. You can check me out on Instagram and TikTok. Um, my handle is mendingfamilieswa. I'm also on Facebook and YouTube. If you want to watch these episodes, if you like to watch podcasts, um, I'm also on YouTube. So you can find me on there. I will put in the show notes some of the little pointers that I brought up today and the YouTube videos that I talked about. So you can find those on my website, www.mendingfamilieswa.com. All right, you guys, next week, I have Robin Goble on the podcast. And if you don't know Robin Goble, you want to know Robin Goble. <laughs> She's amazing. She is a trauma-informed um, therapist who does a lot of work with training caregivers and social workers and teachers and um, just people who have kids in their lives that can be hard sometimes on better understanding the brain from a really simple perspective that she explains next week in the, in the podcast episode, you'll want to come back and listen. She also has a book coming out that I'm really excited. She's going to talk about that as well. So um, come back next week, listen to my episode or my interview with Robin Goble. You will love it. You won't want to miss it. And I guess have a great rest of your week. I hope that week number two of school goes even better. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. I'm so excited that you found this podcast and I hope you join me every week as you go through your own journey towards healing. One thing I truly believe in is that trauma awareness is so important to our future generations and it starts with you. 